verse number 17. First Peter, chapter number 4, verse number 17. The Bible says, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. Let's read that together, please, together. Just that phrase, together. For the time is come that the judgment must begin at the house of God. Well, that's where we are tonight. Amen. We're in the house of God. Yeah. Amen. Revival will never, nor has ever, sprung out of the White House. That's right. Right. It will never. It will never. Revival, as you and I need to know it, will spring out of the church house. Yes, yes. Lancaster Baptist Church, Calvary Baptist Church in Union Grove, North Carolina. Amen. And so if Peter says the, the time is coming, the time has come. The time has come. The time has really come. Yeah. Where we need to stop questioning everything and go to the word of God and take the Bible at face value because it's true. It's truth. There's no hokey pokey. There's no I wonder. And when it says for the time has come and it has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. I began thinking about that. And when the pandemic thing started last March, I think March the 11th or the 12th, I sat in my little office and I looked out the window and literally hundreds of Bible college students were on their way home in their cars, on the way to LAX airport, on the way to Burbank airport, on the way to Ontario airport, uh, buses and vans and cars. And, and I sat there and cried. I said, Lord, what in the, what in the world is going on? And, and then my wife and I were quarantined for a while because of our age and and, I, and I, sat, I sat in a corner of our living room and opened the Bible and, and I, did some, I did some inventory. It started at the house of God. Judgment must begin at the house of God yeah. personally. Not, yeah, it's you. Yeah, you said, he said, she said, enough of that junk. Enough of that. That's the devil's. That's the devil's arsenal, and his and, and his and his gun and his gun is loaded, and he's got it aimed at you and me. And he'll use anything he can to get our mind off of judgment. Judgment, not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord. The spiritual sings, standing in the need of prayer, and it dawned on me that I need to step back and do some judging. So let's judge. I'll judge me, you judge you. Let's do church. Amen. Let's take something home. And in just a few minutes, we're going to walk out the doors. You've got to go to work tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, I, my wife and I get to spend time with young people, 20-year-old young people who love the Lord, Amen. who laugh and carry on and talk about the Lord and talk about their girlfriends or boyfriends and things that are spiritual. You're going to get to go to work tomorrow. Some of you, before you've been there 10 minutes, you're going to hear God's name taken in vain. You're going to hear, you're going to hear all kinds of things that I, I'm, I'm not exposed to. And, and, I, and some of you got to go to work at a place that's hard to work there. You're misunderstood because you go to Calvary Baptist Church, of all things, 
and you love the Lord, and maybe you've taken your work, your Bible to work, maybe you've prayed, and people have seen that, and, and just step back, and, and uh, we are a remnant. We are a remnant, and we are a peculiar people. Not weird and stupid, but peculiar. And, 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 and I love the fact that I'm peculiar, that, that God has called me, that he has enabled me. He has given me strength to stand here tonight. Amazing. And so I call on the Calvary Baptist Church tonight in each seat. Just throw a little circle around your seat and, 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 and just tell the Lord, I'm going to do some judging right here in this seat. And I'll draw my little circle right here and I'll do the same thing. And that takes us to our text, Psalm 91, for a few moments tonight. Psalm 91. So if I'm going to do some judging and make some decisions and straighten some things out, let some things go, forgive some people that I've never forgiven, swallow my pride, conquer my lust, conquer my greed, my, my, my snotty attitude, I'm better than you attitude sometimes in a private place of judgment. Just me and the Lord. And I was convicted about that because pride can get you. Pride can get you. Lust can get you. Greed can get you. Uh, ambition, the wrong kind of ambition can get you. Even in ministry. And, and we, we, got, we, we men who call ourselves preachers, we must be as careful as anybody. Because it's easy to get carried away. It's easy to say, somebody said, that was a great message. Yeah, man, pretty, watch it. Watch it. It's got to be God. Or we're just spinning our wheels. And so the, the, the Lord gave me a thought a, 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 number of, a, a number of months, actually a few weeks ago, uh, Jared plays the piano for me every Sunday. We're somewhere in Southern California or in Northern California or in Arizona or somewhere. We're traveling all the time. And Danielle's in that group as well. It's our weekend tour group, we call it. And we often go to San Diego or Los Angeles. And, and, and there are ways to get there quicker than other ways. And I know the ways to do it. The shortcuts through the desert, in the back of the desert. You go out all the way out of Avenue J and you, you, you turn on one one, uh, 175th and you go all the way through Little Rock and everybody in Little Rock owns a bad dog and you're never going to stop there. They'll kill you. And uh, so places like that in Los Angeles County, then you go here, the 138 and they'll take you to the 15 or the Interstate 5 or the 14 or the 405. I know all those. I can see them in my mind. And one morning early, I picked up the young people and we went by and got our breakfast and we were driving, we were driving east from the college on Avenue J. And about 15 miles east of Avenue J, out in the Mojave Desert, is a little state park called Saddleback Butte. It's very western. It's very desert. And nobody's ever there. Ever. I've never seen maybe one car every once in a while. And I was driving and the Lord said, Toby, there's your place. There's your holy hideout. And that's what we need tonight. Individuals with a holy hideout with your God. I love corporate prayer meetings. I, I, I love big altar calls. I love that. And I'm 115,000 million times for every one of those. But I believe the great need of the moment is a holy hideout. Yes, amen. 
I believe that with every fiber in my body because it has revolutionized my heart. And we need to be revolutionized because here's a vibrant, godly, fun church that is tucked away down here in this holler. That's a great word, man. You don't use that word in California. Holler? You mean yell? No, I mean holler, dude. And in California, a holler, a holler is a canyon with no trees. <laughs> but in Tennessee, man, a holler, I know what a holler is. It's back there in the woods. It's in the country. That's why I love this church. And people, people need to know about this church. And you can send out flyers. You can write letters. You can be on radio, TV. And, and those of you who are watching online tonight, thank you for doing that. And, and word of mouth. But, but the greatest, the, I, I think today, our greatest advertisement is this. At your holy hideout. I might need to have some help here. <laughs> I made it. Now, what's the Lord trying to tell you and me here about a holy hideout? It's personal, okay? It's mine. You've got to go find yours, and that's between you and the Lord where and when, but would you please do it for the sake of the gospel? For the sake of... My wife deserves a husband that tries halfway to keep his nose clean and to keep his mind off of junk on the computer and stuff on the phone. She deserves that. She deserves that. Every wife deserves that. And brethren, there's a target on your back. Sexual sin, lust. I mean, it's, it's public enemy number one, in my opinion, for men. And I gotta be candid about it. We need to talk about it that we can just slide it under the rug or something. Let's talk about it and get it cared, and get it cared for. So, so God can be on us. And people can see at work tomorrow, that guy, Toby, he's different. He's, uh, I worked for Sears for, for a little while between ministries, and, and it, was, it was so hard because it wasn't ministry, but I made it ministry. I said, I'm going to pastor this stupid Sears, Sears store. I was one of the managers there for a little while. I said, I'm going to pastor the Sears Baptist Church in Brandon, Florida. I'm going to carry my Bible to work. I'm going to put it out there on the cash wrap. All of a sudden, everybody in that store became saved, acting like it, you know. And the Bible scares everybody. <laughs> Had the Bible back there in the, in the uh, stock room in the shoe department. I was the manager of the shoe department, the men's department, and, and worked very closely with the store manager in Brandon, in, in Brandon Florida. And um, people started coming to me. Toby, would you, pr- would you pray for me? Uh, managers in the store. So I remember this has been decades ago. Sandy Pallack had cancer. She came. Little gal named Dana Collins who had dated Drew Brees in college. Uh, and and, and he, had, he had broken up with her and she was busted all to pieces. And Would you pray for me? I was so much in love with Drew. And, and, uh, and, and, and then they, and people started coming. And, and one day in front of all my associates, and I hired a lot of University of uh, South Florida students because they worked hard, especially the young ladies. They, they were organized. They, they were neat. They, they were cu- customer friendly. And this guy came in and he said, 
There's a lady, it's actually a lady, she said, this shirt is defective. And I said, well, I'll be dog, it is. I said, uh, go ahead and get you another one. <clears throat> you know how serious it is to give away the whole, whole story, you know. And, and she said, you don't understand, I'm a very unhappy customer. And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I see that. I'm sorry, it's obviously defective. Uh, why don't you get two? Well, that made her mad. And she took the shirt and she went, bam, upside my face. My glasses flew off and I can't see anywhere. I'm feeling around for my glasses, you know. And it hurt my feelings. And I, I, said, I told myself, I said to myself, I wish you were a man, <laughs> you know. But it was a lady and, and it, I choked, it choked up. And I said, ma'am, I am so sorry. I said, I don't know what else to say, ma'am. And, and she said, you, you talk like a Christian. And I said, well, I, I am. And she said, I, I am too. <laughs> and I said, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> now, st stuff will happen, okay? Stuff will happen tomorrow where I needed that time in my holy hideout right, right. Yeah. to help me through, to navigate through a disappointment, a heartbreak. I, I learned I hurt somebody's feelings and it, it makes me aggravated. Or uh, Stuff just happens, doesn't it? Just does. So, so we, can, we can go, or, or we can say, well, God's in control. My, my, my wife has a, a statement that she uses for me and, and it's helped me. Toby, don't panic. <laughs> I tend to panic. And so what, what is this all about? A holy hideout. Look at Psalm 91, a few thoughts. He or she that dwelleth in the secret place. There it is. That's your holy hideout. That's your place. That's my place. That's your place, the secret place. Now, my wife knows where it is. Now, you know where it is. Please don't come out to California and take my place, Okay. I'll take it, I'll show it to you. I even got it on my phone. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, capital A. I want to say, number one, it's a place of devotion. When you have this place, the Lord says, he's devoted. He wants to be with me. She likes me. She wants to be with me. And the only way to do that is to find a place and make your altar. All the way through the Old Testament, they made altars. You, you read about it everywhere. Joshua made the altar. Uh, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, everybody made an altar. And we read about the memorial stones, the 12 stones, across the Red Sea there, or the, the river or whatever. And, and they put up 12 memorial stones representing each one of the tribes so they could go back and they could remember what God has done. Right. Memorial stones. And I have a, I have a place in my place and there's a little stack of stones. I've made my altar. And I remember that God gave me a very special wife. Man, I didn't deserve her. I was a, I was a messed up kid from a boy's home. And, and, and she was raised in a pastor's home. I, I didn't deserve her. And, uh, God gave us two sons. We adopted them at birth. We have seven grandchildren. I, I don't deserve that. We have a house that's paid for. I have two cars that run with air conditioning. Breaks work? Amen. Yeah. Food on the table? Right. <clears throat> the lights, if we're trying to do that, the lights come on? Right. We're trying to do that, the heat comes on? Yeah. The, you name it, man. I mean, we're pretty good stuff. Amen. Or we can go, I can't believe this is all I got, dude. Watch it. You need to go to your holy place, buddy. Right. He that dwelleth in the secret place dwelleth. You got to stop. Hold it, I got to stop. 
I gotta put my leave my phone in the car. I gotta, I've got to stop. He that dwelleth, he stops. In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Number one, uh, a place of devotion. Look at verse two. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. And, and, if, and if you go to your place and you start crying, that's okay. If you show the Lord your, your real colors, if you, if you choke up over, over something I said or did, I'm sorry, Lord, what in the world is wrong with me? Tell him. He knows it anyway. You might as well confess it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then God this place is blessed, but man, you talk about boom down yonder at Calvary when all of us have decided all the mess in my life has got to go. Yes. Ugly's got to go. Yes. Dirty's got to go. My, 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 my hanging on to that, that, that bitterness has got to go. It's got to go. It's got to go. Because it affects the relationship with my wife. It affects the relationship with my children. And inside, I am my mess. I don't like to be missed. So I need to be devoted. Number two, I see in verse two, it's a place of deliverance. Lord, deliver me from this besetting sin. Deliver me, and he will. If you tell him, Lord, I I need your help here. I need to be delivered from a besetting sin. You say, yeah, but Brother Toby, you know, I went through a divorce, or I was this, or I was that. Uh, the, the, the devil delights in you and I reaching back there and digging up all that old stuff, digging all that old stuff and just pulling all that stuff up and investigating it again. Don't do that. The past, the past is the past. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Get on with the program. Man, I thank the Lord my wife has forgiven me. I'm, I mean, you know, you're married 50 years. You know, you, know, you know, sometimes husbands can be, you know, pretty hard-headed about stuff. And she's forgiven me. I'm, I mean, she's never talked about divorce or separation. Twice she said, I'm going to murder you. And, um, I'm not <laughs> and one of those times I probably deserved it, you know. But for, forgive, for, but because all of, us, all of us who are married, we have something that we could go, yeah, but I remember when they, yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, women remember stuff that never happened. <laughs> How do they do that? I pray for a good forgetter. So we, 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 a place of devotion, a place of deliverance. I'm almost finished here. Look, look all the way down at, at verse number uh, nine. Because thou hast made the because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. I love those verses. Look at verse. Uh, 14, because he hath set his love upon me. Woo. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He, he knows Toby. He knows me. So, so I, I see a place of devotion that I need and you need. We all need it. A place of deliverance. I need to be delivered from s- some thinking, some attitude. You know, Man, old Mark got to preach last semester three times, and they ain't asked me in two years. Watch it. Watch it. Yeah. Even preachers can get 
wacky. And so, Lord, you got to help me because, number one, Mark's my, my brother-in-law. <laughs> and I work for him. <laughs> oh, mercy. <clears throat> you know? Uh, yeah, that, 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 that teacher got a bonus and, or that guy got a bonus and I did not happen to me at Sears, you know? And, and the lady knocking my glasses off and stuff. And, um, and sometimes, sometimes Christians get lied about. Right? Sometimes we're misunderstood. Okay? Then I, I don't know anything else to do but to say, Lord, please help me. Amen. Because I'm, I'm going to have a reaction, and I want the reaction to be biblical and right. right. And I don't want to shoot myself. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot or the head spiritually by, by popping off and saying something that's amazingly ridiculous and stupid. I want to, be, I want to bring edification to the Calvary Baptist Church. And then I see, that I see the demonstration of all this in verse 14. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Boom. Thank you. I will deliver him and honor him. So my prayer is that God will honor every one of us by making some decisions. And, but pastor's going to close it out in, in a moment, just any way he sees fit. But right where you're sitting, uh, I know what I need to do. I know exactly what I need to do. And, and I've got this little place, my holy hideout. And I would, I would admonish you to make a decision. I'm, I'm going to do that. My, my, wife, my wife, and she won't mind me t- saying this, hers at 530 every morning. She's like a clock. Boom, she's there. That's her hiding place, her holy hiding place for 50 years. And uh, she's not Joan of Arc. She's not Mother Teresa, but she is a godly woman. She's stuck with me through thick and thin. She builds me up. And this love, the the, the love. Nobody had ever told me, Pastor, they love me. I grew up mean, ugly, cussing, foul mouth, fooey on authority, you know. And I let them know it, man. It just... It didn't bother me a lick to use that kind of talk. But I got saved. And a preacher cared about me. Then some bus workers cared about me. Bus workers. Toby Weaver and my brother Lee. Yeah, those boys. I mean, they're nothing but, they're nothing but hooligans and troublemakers. And we were. Somebody cared. Um, a Coca-Cola, a guy that drove a Coca-Cola truck. Ron, Ron Perry's last name was Doris. They cared. Uh, the, the, a guy named Sam Pate bought me a pair of shoes. I looked down and said, a new pair of shoes? I think they cost like 6 or $7 back in 1830 when I got them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? I said, I got, new, I got new shoes. I got new shoes. And then I go off to Bible college, miraculously enough, and I, I didn't have any money. I had three $1 bills. And Jack Hiles was there. He preached, on, he, he preached our opening message for the Hiles at Tennessee Temple College, 1966, the fall. He preached on stay in Crete. Paul, ta- Paul told uh, Titus, stay in Crete. Titus, because Crete's a tough place, man, and you need to get tough, boy. And Doc, Brother Hiles said, you students need to get tough. 
And I looked at my friend Owen. I said, yeah, he's talking to you, dude. <laughs> and he said, Titus, you need Crete because you need to get tough. And Crete needs you to get tough and stay in Crete. And God, God has told you to be in Crete. So just, and I listened to that and I said, well, I'll stay in Crete. I'm going to stay. I reached in my pocket and my three $1 bills. And I went out to the book table. Went out to the book table. And he had all these books. Brother Howell had all those books, you know, Howell's publications. And I, and I walked and I waited till the crowd dispersed. And I walked over and I said, uh, Brother Howell, my name is Toby Weaver. I'm from Lynchburg, Virginia. And that's choked up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay in Crete. He said, that's wonderful. He said, that's wonderful. He said, would you like to buy some books? And I said, man, all I got to my name is $3. I think it's maybe $3. He said, they're all on sale for $3. And I walked out with $3 worth of books. We call that grace. But nobody ever told me they loved me. And then I met, I met Rita on a blind date. I was working for Sears in Chattanooga, selling shoes in Chattanooga. This guy set us up. I had one blind date. She was 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six five. And she kept trying to hold my hand. And we're walking around like this. <laughs> I'm teasing. And I got enough courage one night to finally tell Rita, Rita, I, I, I love you. And she said, I love you too. And I said, you do? <laughs> now, I remember how I felt when she said, I love you. But God has loved me. And because he loved me and he is worthy, Amen. let's make a decision. Pastor, Amen. thank you for letting me go over a little bit. I know I got carried away. Well, let's bow our heads tonight, if you would. I wonder where your hideout is tonight. I wonder if you have a hideout. Is there a place that you go where you walk with the Lord, spend time with God? Every child of God ought to have a, a hideaway. You ought to have a place that you go where you spend time with the Lord. I think that if we've ever had a place like that, we're going to have to have it in 2021. There's not a doubt about that. I'm trusting the Lord to bring us through the next few years. But if we're going to make it, Calvary... We're going to have to get a hold of what the preacher was preaching tonight. Are you walking with God? You say, Pastor, I know the Lord. That's wonderful. Does he know you? Does he know you? Let's stand all over the house tonight, if you would, please. And some have made their way to the altar. Listen, maybe tonight, Calvary, maybe tonight on this Thursday night, Good night for us to just tiptoe down to an old-fashioned altar. And, and if you don't have a hideout or a hideaway, maybe tonight you'd come and just say, Lord, would you give me a place like that? Or maybe there's someone here that needs to come, and tonight you'd say it's time to sort of get it swept out and renewed and rededicated. It's time to get back to my walk again with the Lord. I'm, sort of gotten away from my prayer time and my Bible time and oh how I need to get back to the secret place again what about it tonight we'll sing in a minute baby but would you just right now as we begin this brand new year here we are January the 21st 
as we start this brand new year, would you just step out tonight and find your way to the altar and say, Lord, tonight I dedicate myself. This year, I'm going to have a hideout. I'm going to have a hideaway. I'm going to walk with you. We're going to pause just for a moment. It could be there's someone here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Hey, I want you to come tonight. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And if we can help you or pray with you about a burden or anything that's going on in your life tonight, we're, we're here for you. And so we're going to pause just for a few moments, all right? And you come tonight. If God's speaking to your heart, you come. As we wait, you come tonight. can trust Jesus. Hey, look up here, Kevin. Let's sing that with him tonight. Ready? I can trust Jesus. He never once has failed to meet my my strong tower, the strength in my weakest hour, I can trust Jesus, He takes care of me. Keep singing that if you will, Abel. Keep singing tonight. I can't trust Jesus. We're trying to think of some songs that we can give to the congregation. I felt like some folks just needed some encouragement tonight. Well, I'm so glad for the message that the preacher preached this evening on that hideaway, that hiding place. And Calvary, I just wanted you to be reminded everything's all right. God's in control. 
He's still on the throne. Whatever you do, whatever you do, don't get your eyes on a person and don't get your eyes on circumstances. And I'm glad tonight that regardless of what's going on in this nation or your life, hallelujah, I've got some great news. You can trust him. Amen. We're going to let him turn it around. We're going to sing it sing it with him tonight. Oh, yes. How many believe that tonight? Yes. I want you to lift it up tonight. Let's sing it together. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. I can trust Jesus. Sing it, Calvary. I can trust Jesus. He never once has failed to meet my never once. Never once. Here we go. He is my strong tower. The strength in my weakest hour. I can trust Jesus. He takes care. Can I get a big amen on that tonight? Amen. Thank you, Brother Abel. God bless you. Wow, what a service tonight. What a service. Brother Weaver has great. Thank you, Brother. So good to see you and Miss Weaver tonight. We sure love you all. Thank you for your impact on us. I'm so glad that so many are so many that that he taught and so many that I went to school with, they're still at it. Still going at it, still still serving the Lord faithfully. And we thank the Lord for that. I'm not going to say kids, you're not kids, you're full-grown adults. There's no doubt about that, but you're, 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 you're kids to us, all right? That was great. Man, you guys knocked it out of the park tonight. That was wonderful. Did you enjoy that tonight? Man, what about that last song? Was that incredible or what? That was great. Well, it's 831. I bet we got time for him to sing it again, you reckon? Amen. Can y'all mind? Do y'all mind? Amen. Hey, listen, you can have a seat just for a moment. We're gonna we're getting ready to go. We're getting ready to be out of here in just a moment. But well, what a spirit of worship tonight. As they were singing that song tonight, what a spirit of worship. I'm so glad that they've reminded tonight that he he is worthy. He's worthy of us meeting with him in a hiding place. And he's worthy of our adoration and our worship tonight. Thank you, young people, for being a blessing to us. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light? 
Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. Does the Father truly love us? Every people and tongue, he has made us a kingdom and priest to God. 